Are you awake? On a beautiful day. What I'd like to do is we'll get the kids in here to sit down. And then uh, I've got a video. I had a knock on my door this morning and I knew who it was. And it was Pastor Brad and, and uh, she's being released today. His wife. So... Granted, you can understand why she'd want to get the heck out of Dodge, amen, and uh, get home with that baby. And so what I'd like to do is I'm going to play this. He was nice enough to do a little video on the way. We'll play this, and then we'll go on. Amen? Thank you, Rachel. Harvest Church. Pastor Brad here coming to you from my minivan as we are headed to Omaha to pick up my wife and baby journey. So we are pretty excited, but because of that, obviously I'm not there this morning to celebrate with you guys Jesus Day that took place yesterday. Uh, I did kind of want to give you some stats on what took place and all that. We had 42 kids that showed up to Jesus Day, so we surpassed what we had last year. And ultimately, our goal was to preach the gospel and, and bring some kids into the kingdom of God, and we did just that. We had 24 kids respond to us and raise their hands to accept Jesus in their lives. And so there is no way you can put a price tag on that. There's no way you can hardly celebrate that enough. And so I want to say thank you to all of you for helping out and being a part of that because they all just earned a jewel in your crown in heaven for helping bring those kids into the kingdom. So thank you, thank you, thank you. From everybody from the parking lot to the bounce houses to the food to the people who helped with the messages and putting everything together. And I do want to say a special thank you to Amy and Beth because uh, obviously with Baby Journey down here in Omaha, our lives have been a little hectic in a good way. And uh, those two put together a great great program and if it wasn't for them uh, Jesus Day might have been a little bit bumpy but it was pretty flawless and everything went real great and so thank you again to everybody who helped do that so celebrate with us this morning as we celebrate those kids coming into the kingdom and obviously for us celebrate with us as we're going to go get our girls and bring them home so hey kids can you say hi, hi. tell everybody have a great day, have a great day. <laughs> Jesus is good all right, well, thank you guys for everything you did yesterday. God bless, and we'll see you all soon with a new baby girl in our arms. Amen. He, was, he just didn't want to leave the I said, no, you need to go. Your family's priority, amen. So continue to pray for them. Keep them in your prayers. Um, we had a number of slides as you came in, and we'll probably play some of those again in the future. But uh, a good time was had by all. Um, I want to thank some people, and, and uh, there's so many unsung heroes behind the scenes. You know, Amy and Beth did a lot. Granted, you know, Pastor Brad did too, but he was distracted with, with the issues going on with Courtney and the baby, and so they picked up the slack, and these two gals did a lot of work. And you, you, you can't put on uh, a function like this, an outreach like this, 
unless you got people that are committed. Amen. So I'm going to name some of these people. Uh, the teachers in Station 1 were Beth, Carly, Ellen, and, and uh, Valerie Bourne. And Station, what's that? And Jan. Okay, I had her in Station 2. Bravery, Amy, Nate, Val, um, yeah, Val Lewan, Laura, and Jan. And then Station 3 was on fearlessness with Micah, Zach, Kayla, and Elena. Um, I guess I'm not in the ark. I was in the ark trying to scare the kids, and they just go by the ark and say, I see you, I see you. <laughs> Creepy old man. Now, but what, what it did was they saw me, but they didn't see her. So they'd come in through the ark, and I'd scream, and then, and then, well, they knew, except one kid, the kid with the multicolored hair. He was, he was, uh, I don't know, shocked. He, he screamed, dude. He was the only one that screamed. But then she'd reach out and grab their, their ankles, and a few of them did scream, but uh, Kaylee's side of the family, Austin, stepped on her hand, you know, and on purpose, and, but uh, they had a good time, and so uh, the people that were the group leaders were the red group was Scott and Angela, blue group was Kaylee and Paige, and the green group, Steve and Darla, parking lot was Carl and Bobby, registration was Rachel, Pat, B, and PJ, and the sound booth was Brian and Caden, worship music was Brian and Caden, photos were Rachel, Rachel did a wonderful job, food was God bless these ladies. Bev, Pat, Mary Jane, PJ, and Jane. Was, who's Jane? Mary Jane. No, I said Mary Jane. She must have had a, a repeat of Jane. I didn't know we had another Jane. But fortunately, we got sent home some cookies, so we got the rest of the cookies. But they did a super job. Um, the adults stepped in. The bounce houses that were, the, that were Caden, Caleb, Gardner and Bobby and Carl and and uh, ice cream. The only, huh? Mike Blank, yeah. Ice cream, they have me down. I don't know what I did, but eat it. Of course, you wouldn't have that ice cream unless I had told that guy to bring the ice cream. So God bless the Steiners for that. Amen. So we had a great time. Amy, why don't you come up and you can share. Good morning. Um, so I just wanted to kind of give um, an overview of what the day was. How many of you have seen the show Fear Factor? Lots of you. So that's basically what the theme of the day was. But of course, we didn't focus on fear. We focused on courage because God has called us to be courageous. So um, each lesson had a competitive um, challenge that went along with it. So my lesson, I taught on bravery, and I use the story of Paul, how when they were shipwrecked, he reached his hand into a thing of sticks, and the snake bit him. So I did a lesson on that, and then I originally had two different challenges. I had, for 50 points, the kids could pick up a rubber snake in a tub of crickets, and for 100 points, the kids could pick up a real snake. Well, right away, first thing in the morning, we had a little hiccup. We lost the snake. <laughs> so, so that was a little bit of a, a shocker for us. But Carl, is he here? Oh, there you are. He came in clutch. He went and got us some, some earthworms. So we kind of altered the things. But by the, the very last lesson, um, we were able to find a snake and, and use it. And the kids absolutely loved it. It was a big hit. Actually, during that, um, that group, 
every single kid chose the 100 points. They chose to pick up the real snake, which was... And I didn't. You're right. They tried to make me, and I tried, but it just... It didn't work out for me. So, <laughs> but you touched it. I was it, not courageous. I did touch it. I wasn't able to pick it up because I went to touch it and it like coiled and it freaked me out. So, so I ran away screaming uncourageously. <laughs> so then, so that was one of our challenges. The other um, upstairs, Beth taught on the story of Peter, and she had food challenges where the kids actually had to eat. Actual crickets was one of them. They had to do baby food and kitty litter. We had some edible kitty litter, and they earned points that way. And then outside, they had to face their giants. And um, like Pastor Mike said, they went through the, the obstacle course, and he was hiding in the ark and scared them, kind of. And <laughs> um, and then they um, – now let me make sure I got this right. You guys had them – put one of their, a giant in their life on a piece of paper and then staple it to this giant painted Goliath and they took a slingshot and shot at their, their giants. Um, and then they were able to earn points that way. And then at the end of the day, um, we had Fundy Awards, which I don't know if any of you have seen The Office, Dundee Awards. Um, it was kind of based on that, just these really fun, goofy awards. Um, Austin actually won a Fundy Award for Best Hand Stomp for stomping <laughs> Pastor Kathy's hand in their little lesson. Um, so that was really fun. And then um, then we announced a winner overall, um, and they got first place medals. And then they got to take home Courage Factor water bottles with um, Carly made suckers with live crickets cooked into them, and they got to take them home. And they, the kids loved them. They were eating them like crazy. I know. <laughs> Cammy's like, no way. <laughs> um, so it was just really great, a really great day. And I, one other thing I wanted to mention is when I during lunch the kids were eating, and it was actually Jude, um, the kid with the multicolored hair. He had said something that really, really stuck with me. He. He was just playing and laughing and talking. He just randomly said, I didn't even take my anger pill today, and I am feeling stable. And, and, and that was just so good to me because I know for him it was probably just coming from a place of I'm having so much fun, but I really think God was working on these kids' hearts in a way that they don't even understand and probably a way that we don't really even understand. So he's just so, so good, and the day was so awesome. And Amen. Anybody else have any comments that they want to share? You didn't eat. You didn't eat a live cricket. Nobody ate a live cricket, did they? My goodness. Yeah. Well. Anybody else want to share anything? Any comments on what the day was like? Yeah.
right. That's right. I was blessed. Mike Blank went down the street in his neighborhood and invited kids, and they came. And um, I'm especially proud of you, PJ. Yeah. She works at the, the granary. And uh, tell them what you did. That was one of the manager's children, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I watched you yesterday with those kids, and that's you're good at that. Amen. See, everybody has something to share. Everybody has a gift. Amen. And so I appreciate that. Um, I think there's one thing, one more thing I wanted to do. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Who brought the most guests? Trenton. How many did you bring? Five. Who else brought guests? Anybody else that brought guests? I was thinking there was somebody else. I think the Lee Wans brought guests. Oh, God, God, geez, thanks a lot. They'd have to get the bald part. So I said last week, I said out of pastor's own personal stash, I was going to bless somebody that, that brought the most kids. So come up here and receive your dollar bill. Come right now, and we want to get a picture of this. I, what did I say? A hundred? Okay, I gotta find it. I, I got so many hundreds in here. God, it is in here. I think. Oh, my God. Oh, there it is. Now, what do you do when you receive whether, what kind of income? What's the first thing you do? Tithes and offerings. Give him a hand. Amen. That's the best seed I've sown all year. And the rest of you better wake up and sow into the next generation. Not just finances but your time, your energy, your encouragement. That's so important. Let's stand up this morning. We're going to open up. Well, should we stand with that, Abe, or not? How long is that? It's not that long, is it? Well, you better sit down. Sit down for the first one. Just sit down and relax. You can, and then, then Abel, he'll give you direction. But this is the opening video they did. And you did it, what, twice? So it's a reoccurring theme, and I think you'll, you'll get the picture.
24 kids gave their life to Christ. Amen. Amen. Praises are on low, rise among us, but the praises are on low, rise among us, songs are on low, rise among us, but the songs are on low, rise among us, but the songs are on low. Rise among us, rise.
can't hold back your praise. love and honor you, Lord. 
Lord Jesus. And we say your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And everyone shouted Jesus. Jesus! Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Kids, before you go, last week I gave you a challenge, and I want to thank you. Maybe you invited somebody and they didn't come. I invited some people and they didn't come, but just start where you're at, and you did that. And we got the people here that we needed to have here. So everybody that invited people, whether you got them here or not, it's a start. Be faithful in the small things, and you'll be rewarded over much. So I want to thank you for that, and thank you for your attendance. It was good. You may be dismissed. A couple quick announcements. Um, Tuesday night, Patriots at 6. It's supposed to go to 7.30 this week. Um, Wednesday night at 7, we have church. And we are not going to have a fun club this week. We'll just have a regular service. We're going to have to make adjustments now that school's back and and we've just been kind of a little out of whack. And then next Sunday, we haven't advertised this very much because we've been concentrating on Jesus Day. But next Sunday, uh, Mike Keys will be here. He will minister in the morning service on Sunday and Sunday evening at 6. Mike Keys, if you do not know him, he We've been talking on Wednesday nights about the different ministry gifts, the apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher. Mike Keys is an apostle. Now, an apostle, very simply, is a sent one, and he was sent to the Philippines. And he has a work in the Philippines. He is one of the missionaries that we support. But since COVID, he's been stranded in the United States because he can't, Philippines are really weird about it right now. So he can't get back over there. He still ministers to them. He has the organization over there. And the funding that he receives, like when he's here, helps fund that. So we need to be aware of that. But the thing about Mike is he's a good teacher of the Word of God, but he has that apostolic flavor that just helps bring a solid foundation. Plus, he has a good sense of humor. So that's next week. You want to make sure and be in those services if you at all. Yeah, invite somebody, just like the kids. Invite somebody. Um, And we've been raising the the food, and we're getting the food bank built up. We're just going to take a a week off for that, and we're just going to bless Mike Keys this week. So is everybody in agreement with that? So that's next week, Sunday, 10 o'clock, 6 o'clock. And those will be good services. Come expecting and believing God for that. Um, We'll receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Uh, If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you an envelope. I just thank you for your consistent support. I thank you. You know, there's a scripture that talks about know those that labor among you. And I think we've taken that sometimes the wrong way. We need to look at it when we labor and work together like pay. That's when we really get to know one another. That's when we build the bonds. That's when we recognize the different gifts and abilities and how we need each other. So I appreciate all that you did. Uh, as you can go ahead and receive that. Thank you.
Amen. Well, I wish everybody was here to listen to what I have to say. But I'm glad you're here. Hopefully summertime will get over and, and uh, we'll not be distracted by other things. And, you know, I was blessed in, and it was mentioned when you are at an event like this yesterday, especially as a pastor, you watch people. And I, not only did I watch the kids, because I can, there's a little boy that had the hat. Who's a little farmer boy? Who? What's he, would you know him or who invited him? Okay. Okay. But he came, he had these little blue jeans and no belt, and I thought they were going to fall down on him. And this hat, and he's so proud of the hat. But I, there were a few kids that just caught my attention. And uh, there was a, an Hispanic gal, grandma, that came. She couldn't speak English, but she was there to watch her grandson. Yeah. And Joni, you speak, I saw you visit with her. <laughs> Now wait till the old Germans show up. Oh. But she sat there and and Bobby, I said, Bobby, go get her some water and and uh I w I was huh? And and she she was blessed and I and I and I told her grandson when I was all over now, you I said, look at grandma and tell her thank you for coming. Because the kids speak, you know, fluent English. And I was blessed by that. But the thing that caught my attention was there's, there's always one or two that cry. And I think my Caleb made him cry. But, there's, you know, it's tough when your whole family's generals. But this little boy was sitting over in the corner. And there's this old biker dude sitting by him. And the kid was just had his head in his knees and just you know like this and there's Bobby like Bobby what, what am I going to do but there's there's Bobby sitting there and I went and got Carly and as soon as Carly came then Bobby left and she could console the kid and but everybody you know needs to function in their gift everybody here has something to contribute you know and I was so, I was so blessed as a pastor to, to watch you and the, and Kathy and I have talked about that through the years how faithful our people have been. And uh, if I'd had thought of it, I would have had uh, a plate here. I was going to sit a, a dinner plate here, and then I was going to step towards it. What's that mean? I'm, let's see how sharp you are today. If I had a plate, a dinner plate laying there on the ground, and I, wanted, and I stepped up to the... Thank you. I'll, where are you at today? Step up to the plate... You're thinking, <laughs> look at your neighbor and say he's back. <laughs> but it is time to step up to the plate. There's no gr- sitting in the stands anymore. 
And, and it's my responsibility as a shepherd to provoke you to get off your high knee, get out of the stands, and do something. Oh, yeah. Carly drove down and, and, and got her cousins, little cousins, from Lincoln, brought them all here, and they had to turn around and take them back because their, their father's uncle had committed suicide, and so the family was hurting. And, you know, you see these, these like, Carly and, who's that guy? Is he here today? Did he leave? Or is he working? I thought I saw Caden. Oh, right there. Just blending in, aren't you? But, you know, these young ones can provoke you at times and irritate you at times. <laughs> that sounded like Jack Nicholson right there. I don't know. <laughs> but as, as, as adults in the body of Christ, we have a responsibility to mentor them and teach them. Sure, you can't weed eat good enough for me yet. Like Caleb says, Caleb will always go up. Because didn't you have a, you worked for somebody that said never good enough or what was it? And so Caleb will come and say, never good enough, never good enough. Well, we've got to get these young ones to the point. I, I told Caden, and he's so faithful. And I said, just stop when you're all done and look and say, is that good enough for Pastor Mike? And that will help him. But what I'm saying is we have these young ones and we have a responsibility to do something. And the, the reason our young ones are all screwed up because their folks didn't take time to invest in them, teach and train them, put godly character in them. So when they grow up, we think they should function as they should. And it isn't going to happen. They're just no, doing what they know natural to do. So I'll tell you, we've got our work ahead. But I've told you in the days ahead, I, as I ministered, we must, if you didn't get the must thing we must take time and invest in the next generation, and we did it yesterday, and we will continue to do it. Amen? I'm going today, I'm going to go through this fairly quickly. As I was, is, was reading my um, <laughs> weekly devotions, um, there was a scripture that really popped out, and I'll give it to you. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I want to go through this. And I entitled this, Did You Know? Look at your neighbor and say, Did You Know? The first one, there's seven. And I'm going to go through this. And I'm not going to get off, I don't believe, on rabbit trails. I'm going to read to you some things that coincide with this. But these are seven did you knows. And if you don't, you need to know. Did you know? You were created by God in the image of God for the purpose of God. Did you know, number one, you were created by God in the image of God for the purpose of God? Genesis 1.26 states, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. We have dominion over creeps. There's nothing wrong with concealed carry. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the bird of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we're created in the image of the Father. 2 Timothy 1.9 states, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. See, I've been called with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So we're not called according to our own purpose, but whose? His purpose, purpose, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to I read to you some, some things. and Listen to this scripture from, from uh, Acts in regards to King David. It says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Don't let that go over your head. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Now listen to this. For David, after he had served the purpose of God, For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid among his fathers. David Ravenhill Ravenhill says, serving the purpose of God in our own generation, that is our, our high calling. Serving who? God's purpose in our own generation. That is our high calling. That is where we find true fulfillment. And folks, you'll not find true fulfillment. Unless you're seeking after his plans and purposes. Nothing surpasses it. Nothing satisfies apart from it. To be joined together with Christ. Labors together. United in spirit. Intent on one purpose. That's what, that was us yesterday. What a privilege. What a calling. Then he goes on to say this. In regards to God's purpose, God's longing, God's heartbeat is to reach the nations of the earth with a message of his, his eternal love and life through Christ. This is the ultimate reason for each little piece of the jigsaw puzzle in his word. God's purpose will be fulfilled and he is going to accomplish it through a mighty church, through you and me individually, if we will allow him to. Here lies an incredibly solemn warning. Just as God rejected Israel having to bypass her in order that his purpose might be realized, God can set you, me, a congregation, or an entire denomination aside as well. God can remove a church's candlestick. He can withdraw his anointing if you and I become proud, exclusive, and self-centered. And that's where the majority of the church is right now, folks but not the remnant. Say, I'm part of the remnant. He can withdraw His blessing if we try to keep the inheritance all to ourselves, and He can raise up other individuals, other congregations, other denominations, other nations who will do His bidding, 
God will build His church. His eternal purpose shall be fulfilled. We can squander. Now listen, this this is the statement I want you to, to hear. We can squander our unique talents and giftings. We can miss our basic reason for being but if we give ourselves totally to God for, full, for the fulfilling of His purpose, penetrating the darkness of this world with the light of His glorious gospel, building a church triumphant, we will find meaning and fulfillment. Everyone say it's all about His purpose. See, the body of Christ is, is too selfish. And uh, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I, I feel so much better now. It was bugging me, and I, I, but I'm focused on other things. So it's all about kingdom. It's all about reaching people, reaching a world. This is good for what we're going to be doing with my keys. All of you need to get your faith out there, and you should have already done that. You should have been trained by now to believe God to prosper you so you've got seed to sow next week. We want to send him away blessed. Amen. So that was number one. Number two, did you know in God's eyes, you are unique and valuable? Say, I am unique and valuable. I want to play this sometime for, for patriots. How many have ever seen, um, oh, what's the movie? Braveheart. No, not Braveheart. It was a Mel Gibson movie. Patriot. Patriot. There's a scene in there. It's one of my favorite scenes where, where he and his guy go to recruit people. Where does he go to recruit them? The bar. The tavern. And there's a rough-looking group. In. I mean, they were rough. And they go in there and they make a statement. You, you, I'll probably play it. But I'll, I said all that to, to, to make a point is God can use anybody. Anybody. If we're just willing and obedient. Amen. So we're unique and valuable. Say, I am unique and valuable. And I like this. In in Psalm 139, I'll read it to you. Just listen to me. In verse 13, this is so good. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me when yet there were none of them. See, you are unique and valuable. And like those kids yesterday, they don't have a clue about how unique and valuable they are. Their parents don't have a clue. Amen. But you do. As a grandparent, amen, you can put that in your kids. I want to read to you, um, in my Bible, there's a commentary, and it's very good. It's powerful, I think. And that's what I wanted to give to you. In Genesis um, chapter 2, and verse 7 in comments to, And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into the nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Listen to this word. So much insight into God's character and nature can be gained 
through an understanding of what he created. Details of the creation story consistent of an omnipotent God who speaks things into existence. We all know that, don't we? With a word, day and night, sun and stars, galaxies, the entirety of the universe came into being. He spoke plant life, sea creatures, mammals, reptiles, insects, and everyone that lives into existence. Then he took a pause in his method of creation. When God made Adam the representative of all humanity, he did not say a word. He formed him from the what? The dust. He used created ingredients to make a creature that would come from the earth only to return to the earth. This creation would be formed, not spoken. God's hands would be involved. I thought that was powerful. This creature would receive breath, not by an order uttered by the mouth of God, but by God's literally breathing his breath into the man's lungs. Every human being is born into this pattern of created order. We are unique and valuable because God's hands formed us. His breath breath breathed into us and he made every human being. We are created by God in the image of God for the purpose of God. So you've got to see yourself. Bobby, the way God created you. You are a son of the Most High God. We all come from different backgrounds. Most of them very dysfunctional. Amen? I, didn't, I thought I was raised by folks that were just, you know, great. And then I became a pastor and dealt with people and realized, looked back and thought, whoa. My folks had some dysfunction too. Amen? But we're all unique and valuable. So don't put yourself down. You hear me? So important. Number three, did you know that God thinks about you? This is what this, this week I, I, I read in Psalm 40. If you want to turn there, you can. I invite you if you have your Bibles or your apps or whatever. In Psalm 40. This morning I just want you to realize how important you are to God. How unique and valuable you are. That you have something to contribute to God and to his kingdom. Psalm 40. Did you know that God thinks about you? And I read that this week. I have my whole, my, I got three devotionals and I read the word and, and I read this. And to think, my God thinks about me. He thinks about you. I'll prove it to you from the Scripture. Look in Psalm 40, verse 5. It says, many, David says, many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you've done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare them and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Verse 17 says, David says this, I am poor and needy. Now, who, who wrote this psalm? David. Who was David? Man after God's own heart, but he was a king. Do you think he was poor? <laughs> we read this and we think, oh, poor King David. He was not poor. So this has to refer to something else. It's his heart. His humble nature. 
I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11. This is one of my favorite scriptures. God thinks about you. Look at your neighbor and say, God thinks about you. Even when you screw up, he thinks about you. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know this scripture well. I can quote it, but I want to read it to you. I want it to sink into your hearts today. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future, a hope, and expect it in. See, too many of us think God's got a, a club, and He's going to club you and I over the head when we miss it. We grow up with this warped idea of who God the Father is. If, if you look in, in Jeremiah, it says, He loves us with an everlasting love. He loves me and accepts me. Just the way I am. Even when I miss it and screw up, He loves me. All I have to do is say, Father, forgive me. But God thinks about you. God thinks about you. And, and it says this in my commentary. It says, we live in a world where everyone has an opinion. Anyone here today got an opinion? There's four of them right there that have an opinion. Five that have an opinion. And you have five opinions in one household. That's when I just leave. Amen. I took a chocolate the other day. It was a nice one of those, what do you call those chocolate round ones? Truffle, whatever, and ate it. And she screamed at me. Borderline. There were two left. I took one. Well, she got even with me because she ate my nutter, nutty bar. So it's, it's all right now. We're back in fellowship again. Everyone has an opinion. A person can do something and have ten different individuals will, who will have ten different opinions about that in, what the individual has done. And I, I stop and I, I tell you this to right now. In the days ahead as people come into the church, they might not look the way you think they should look, smell the way you think they should smell, Act and talk the way you think they should act and talk. But keep your opinions to yourself. You're not their judge. I'm not their judge. You love them and accept them the way they are. You love them into the kingdom of God. You accept them into the, into the family. Because I'll tell you what, if there's anyone here that thinks their poop don't stink, you're not going to like this church. You do? Yeah? See, we're so quick to judge. 
so quick to have an opinion. And especially type A's like all our family members, most of them, you know, where we, we see something and we immediately have an opinion. And sometimes we just need to keep our mouth shut. Amen. So everybody has an opinion. He says this, it's easy to become overwhelmed by what people think about us. And when we make decisions based on how many people think positively about us, rarely do we reap a positive return. Instead, we are wise to make life's most important decisions by considering how God thinks about us. God always believes the very best of us. He sees us as the righteousness of God in Christ. And he thinks about us with nothing but unconditional, unlimited love. See, if you and I would renew our minds to that, we'd develop a healthy self-esteem. We'd be able to interact with the lost society because we know who we are in Christ. Basing our decisions on how God thinks about us often leads to a dramatically different outcome. So the thoughts that he thinks towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future, a hope, and expected end. That's our God. Amen? I'll go quickly. Number four, did you know that God knows your name? Look at Isaiah 43. Say, God knows my name. He certainly does. I was fortunate to be named Michael, one who's like his God. And, you know, I don't even know if my folks knew what the name meant because back in the 50s, Michael was a big name, just like there are names now, except I don't. some of these names today are different. These kids are named. I don't, I don't get it, but whatever. What's the use of going on? I just was stating my opinion. I wasn't judging. Oh, Lord. Listen, if you can't laugh in church, you don't want to go here. Amen. For the first number of years of my life, I, I moped and had my tail between my legs. And my boys got older and... I realized they were like his mother, so I might as well suck it up. Be, kind of develop a thick skin. Amen. And you think I'm so hard. I'm the only soft one in this family. God knows your name. He knows your name. Isaiah 43, 1. But now says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Say, I'm God's. Listen to this. This is what she says. And, and uh, if you don't have this, if you get down there to uh, the conference with the Kunamans and you don't have this book, how many of you don't have this? This is an older book. How many of you don't have this? Raise your hand if you don't have this. Then you need to get it. It's called The Daily Prophecy, and it's, it's a daily devotional, but it's powerful. I said that one time, that this is the best devotional I've ever read, and Mike Keyes was here, and he has a devotional. I never heard the end of that one. 
This is what she says about how God knows your name. Matthew 9, 9 says, And as Jesus passed forth from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. If you read through the different gospel accounts of when Jesus called Matthew, his disciple, they each tell a slightly different but similar story. In Luke's account, it records Jesus seeing a publican named Levi. Publicans were considered sinners, and the name Levi comes from the Hebrew name for the Levites, which means to be twined. It speaks of the intertwining seen between borrowing and lending, and obviously the bondage involved with the two. Mark's account of Jesus is called to Matthew is similar in that he is also referred to as Levi. Notice how both Mark and Luke see Matthew as the publican named Levi, which indicates they saw him as an insignificant individual. However, Matthew's account of himself is much different. Listen, if you thought, think those apostles just got along, forget it. It's no different than from t- today. Matthew says Jesus saw a man. He didn't see a publican or a sinner. He saw a person. Then he notes that Jesus saw Matthew. The name Matthew means gift. Micah, Matthew. Amen? He didn't see Levi, the person intertwined with problems. Jesus saw a real human being, a gifted individual with great potential named Matthew. That revelation propelled Matthew, this one-time publican, into kingdom greatness. Realize that your name is known in heaven today. And Jesus sees a special person who's being propelled into kingdom greatness. So don't put yourself down. You know, you got you got to forget some of those things that are behind. Amen. So God knows your name. Number five, did you know you have no past with God? Say, I have no past with God. <laughs> Isaiah forty three eighteen says, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Say that with me. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. And he is doing a new thing, for sure. And <laughs> I listened to this. And this is what made me think of uh, the Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot. It says, getting past your past. When God determines your future, he doesn't con- consult your past. Mary Magdalene was a known prostitute. But after Christ redeemed her, she became one of the last people to leave the cross. One of the first to discover and announce his resurrection. Because she embraced Christ and the future he offers all of us. She's been mentioned with honor by every ensuing generation. Peter was a fisherman with a hair-trigger temper and some antisocial tendencies. Yet God filled him with so much spiritual power that when he preached, multitudes came to Christ. Jacob lived up to his name, Deceiver, but God gave him an extreme makeover and changed his name to Israel, which means a prince with God. Ruth was a Moabite who grew up worshiping idols, not a promising start, but after turning to serve the true God, she became part of the ancestry of King David and our Lord Jesus. Zacchaeus, a well-known embezzler, hosted Jesus overnight in his home and ended up becoming a philanthropist. And how about Paul? 
Killing Christians didn't put him off limits to God. As an apostle, he wrote over half the New Testament by divine revelation, was taken into heaven where he saw incredible things, and when aprons and handkerchiefs taken from his body were placed on the sick, they were healed. Now, if God could do all that for people with a past, he can give you a new beginning too. The past is dead. There's no life in it, so don't go back to it. Know who you are today in Christ Jesus. Number six, did you know that you are a child of God and God lives in you? John 1 verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the authority to become children of God to those who believe in his name. 1 John 3 verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Say this, I am a child of God. Look at your neighbor and say, did you know you're a child of God? That's right. 1 Peter 2, 9. Close your eyes and listen to these words and let them sink deep into your very being. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light who once were not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Amen? Did you know you are a child of God and your body is the temple of the living God? Say, my body is a temple. Of the living God. If Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. And you asked him into your heart. The spirit of God. Recreates you on the inside. You become a new species. A new creation. Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold all things become new. You're royalty. You are a chosen generation. So you need to hold your head high. Now that doesn't mean. The devil's not going to try to beat you up and and put thoughts into your brain and that you're this. And don't you remember you were like that? You know, I don't live in the past anymore. I will never forget this. When we were first married, it was just a year or two. and We we lived across the river from where we do now. And and uh, I think it was even it was back in the 80s. We got a I got a phone call in, in the night, in the middle of the night. And it was from an old classmate. She called me. And uh, I'll never forget, she said, and I, and I think she's, she's passed away. Her father had a rare disease, and then she had the disease and passed away. Ended up in a wheelchair the rest of her life. And, and, and her father was a minister. And she said, I can never forget, she said, wouldn't you like to go back to the past and live the way we used to, well, you know? And I thought to myself, oh, not really. So she was medi- dwelling upon her past. You can't do that, folks. You just can't do that. It's not healthy. You've got to know that you have no past with God, that you're a child of God, and God lives in you. Amen. Number seven. Did you know that you're called to reign in this life? I want you to look at Romans 5.17. Romans 5.17. Last scripture. Romans 5.17. This whole chapter is so good, but I'm going to pull it out of the chapter. 
it says this for in verse 17, for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. That's Adam. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign when you get to heaven. (laughs) No, you will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. You and I are called to reign. Kathy and I were talking today, and we, we, we have to, it's so important that we celebrate victories, and yesterday was a victory. Anytime anybody comes into the kingdom of God, it's a victory. And she said, and Kathy made this statement, and, and it's so true, she says, but those victories were won by great battles. And some of us have gone through some battles this year, but you can't have a great victory unless you have a great battle. And God's called and ordained for us to overcome. And we have the victory through Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand our feet this morning. Did you know you were created by God in the image of God and for the purpose of God? Did you know in God's eyes you are unique and valuable? Did you know that God thinks about you? Did you know God knows your name? Did you know you have no past with God? Did you know you're a child of God and God lives you? Did you know you're called to reign in this life and exercise kingdom authority? Did you know? Amen. Act like you know it. Amen. Hold your head high up this week. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless these people today. Oh, Father, they're your children, and they are all unique. They are all valuable to you. And, Lord God, you have a plan and a purpose for them to fulfill individually as a family and this church corporately. I pray, Father, by your Spirit that you turn their hearts in the days ahead in the direction, Father, you would have them to go. That they would fulfill your purpose, your divine purpose in their generation. I call these people doers of the word and not hearers only. I call these people bold and courageous. For you've not given them a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound disciplined mind. The greater one resides within them. And they do not have to live their life wondering what you've called them to do or where to go. But you'll speak to them and you'll give them direction for the Spirit. The anointing of God abides within them, it, within them and that, that anointing teaches them daily. Father, I thank you, Lord. Signs, wonders, and miracles follow these people. So, Lord God, I proclaim these people are blessed spiritually, blessed physically, blessed financially, and your divine favor surrounds them as with a shield wherever they go. Kingdom warriors, people, Lord, that are bearing fruit for you, fruit that will remain. So we thank you, Lord God, this day for your goodness and mercy. And we're expecting breakthrough. We're expecting financial breakthrough, spiritual breakthrough. We're expecting, Lord God, those children and and grandchildren, Lord God, that have forsaken you to come back in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we put our trust in you today and lean not to our own understanding. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said amen.
Anyone here today? Anything else I need to... Anyone here today, you need prayer for your physical body because you're sick or whatever? Amen? Are you all healthy? Are you all wealthy? Are you all working on it? You're blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Nothing else? Thank you again for yesterday. Go out and share Christ this week with somebody. Amen? God bless you. Thank you, folks.